Okay, hello everyone and welcome to the Actus podcast, Talking CDI, the nation's only program dedicated to the clinical documentation integrity profession. The Actus podcast is a bi-weekly program dedicated to bring you closer to the difference makers in CDI and sharing the latest news and information relevant to the CDI profession and Actus. Today, Wednesday, July 29th, marks our 158th program. Today's featured Actus solution is CDI and quality reporting, how healthcare record review can improve outcomes. This new book re-envisions CDI program's role in addressing documentation for quality of care measures. It brings in the expert advice of past Actus advisory board member Deanne Wilk and her colleague Ashley Vahey. These authors have decades of experience in the CDI realm and extensive knowledge about intricacies of government endeavors in their field. The book's a nice one. I had a chance to go through it the other day. It's got some great case studies, sample policies, procedures, and queries. Covers not just diagnosis review, but also how diagnoses affect hospital quality metrics, of course, and influence indirect revenues. So pick up your copy today. So my name is Brian Murphy, Director of Actus, the Association of Clinical Documentation Integrity Specialists, and I'm your host for today's program, Volunteerism and Personal Growth. I'm joined today by my co-host at left of your screen there, Melissa Varnavis. For those that don't know Melissa, and I hope you do now, she's been very visible on our, on our Monday meetups and other places. She's our Associate Editorial Director. She's responsible for the development of the Actus National Conference, local chapter leadership, and overseeing our products, including books, webinars, and some e-learning. So welcome to the program, Melissa. Thanks, Brian. Look at that picture, huh? I have I actually have dark hair in it. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to the archives there. <laughs> All right. Next, I'd like to introduce our special guest today. We have with us uh, Lara Fostino. Lara is a senior clinical documentation specialist at Lifespan Corporate Services in Providence, Rhode Island. She has clinical expert experience in emergency medicine, pediatric, as well as psychiatric care. She has almost 10 years of experience in CDI and received her CCDS certification in 2012. We're going to be getting into this a little bit today, but she's held a role with the Massachusetts Actus Group and also was an Actus national speaker at the 2017 conference. And this is her very first podcast. I'm pleased to have her on. So welcome, Lara. Thanks, Brian. Happy to be here. All right. And we also have with us today, uh, back for a repeat appearance, Amy Van Balen. Amy is a lead clinical documentation specialist also at Lifespan Corporate Services in Rhode Island. Amy has clinical experience in medical, surgical, and cardiac care. She has almost 11 years experience in CDI and received her certification in 2011. Uh, like Lara, she is a mentor for her peers, both within her department at Lifespan and the Massachusetts Actus Group. She helps orient new staff, very passionate about CDI education at the CDI level, as well as for providers. She was a co-chair of the Mass uh, Actus chapter from April 2013 to 2017 and is an active member of the chapter leader advisory board. Uh, she's also a new member of the Actus advisory board, and I'm pleased to have her back on the show. So welcome to the program, Amy. Thanks for having me. Okay. Well, as we always do, we're going to start with a poll question related to today's topic. I'm going to go ahead and launch that. This is a check all that apply. So we're asking you today, 
what types of activities and or organizations have you volunteered for? Uh, perhaps you volunteered for ACTUS, either a board or a committee, or maybe a chapter leadership position. Have you volunteered within your own organization and or hospital? Uh, personal volunteerism, maybe faith-based organization, charity, something in your local community. Have not volunteered yet or other? And I would like to see what your other responses are, so go ahead and send those in. I'll try to review those and work them into the show as we move along here. So again, what types of activities or organizations have you volunteered for? Have you been an ACTUS volunteer? You volunteered for your local chapter, uh, excuse me, your, your local hospital organization, uh, personal volunteerism, no volunteerism or other? Got about 75% of our members have voted, so I'm gonna close that out. Um, we'll return to these in a few minutes. And again, make sure you send those other responses in. I'd like to see those. All right, as I mentioned, our guests today are Lara Festino and Amy Van Balen. Uh, welcome to the show and thanks for being a part of the podcast today. Very pleased to have you both on board. Um, I guess to start, and as I reviewed for our audience in your bios, you know, you, you guys are both known for your volunteer efforts in the Actus community, been very engaged with local chapters here in our neck of the woods in Massachusetts. I'm um, hoping you guys could maybe just share some overview or detail about what you're both presently involved in, uh, both Actus organizationally and, and frankly, anything you might be volunteering in your personal lives as well. Why don't, why don't we start with uh, Lara, if that sounds good. Sure, Brian. Um, so having done stuff in the past, um, currently not in a formal role with ACTUS, but always happy to participate in items like today's podcast and serve as a resource to current local chapter leaders and respectively in a similar fashion to not the CDI levels at our current organization over this past year. Um, as far as personal, um, I have been over the past couple of years getting involved in a grassroots effort uh, specifically a political action committee in my small town and um, our efforts have actually resulted in record town meeting attendance this past year which was a, a perfect example of how social media uh, enhances that connectivity and networking in the community so I'm completely out of my comfort zone but loving every second of it Wow all right <laughs> thanks Lara how about how about you Amy Sure. So I have been, gosh, involved in um, volunteerism for as long as I can remember and with ACTUS um, very, very actively for the last seven to eight years. And originally when I got involved um, with ACTUS, it was really just looking for an outlet to keep me motivated and, you know, part of um, CBI best practice and has completely changed my outlook on not only my job, but personally, how I raise my kids, um, getting them involved. And we've volunteered together at um, the local soup kitchen and uh, food pantry. So I think the benefits of volunteerism far exceed the current, the current volunteer opportunities that you're working on. And, and they really do spill over to, you know, best practice in life and in work and just trying to help others and spread knowledge, as well as share, you know, new ideas and, and, and make connections. Absolutely. It's inspiring. Thanks. 
Amy, yeah, this is Melissa. You and I have worked together uh, for many years now. From we have. When we first started joining the Massachusetts Actus chapter, um, and also on the chapter advisory board, which is a really interesting group. And now you're a member of the Actus advisory board as well. Can you talk a little bit, like, what was the impetus that made you first step forward? What was your first Massachusetts Actus chapter meeting? like and then why did you go and make that leap to join the the leadership team yeah i apparently just can't get enough of working with you guys melissa because <laughs> i um initially stepped up when they had um you know a lapse in leadership here in massachusetts and i thought well gosh you know i've been in my role um as a staff level for quite some time now and i felt confident in my cdi skills and i felt that you know i really could do something a little more to motivate myself and keep myself clinically relevant, you know, show my, my leadership that I am self-motivated and, and committed to CDI and, and what's best for the profession. So I don't think I realized when I, when I stepped up to Kobe, the Massachusetts chapter all those years ago that I would still be actively volunteering, but I wouldn't have it any other way because it has led to, you know, a great wealth of growth personally, a great wealth of growth professionally. And, you know, I think it's just been so great. So, yeah, I was actively involved in the co-leadership in Massachusetts for four years. And then, you know, Melissa and Brian had started talking about maybe making a leadership advisory board. And so I had applied to be on that. And that has been great. Essentially, the the people who are on that leadership board are kind of the go-between for the local chapters and Actus National. We help, um, you know, bring forth ideas and issues that local chapter members are bringing to us and then kind of bridge the gap between having local chapters feel very um, transient and then bringing what, what we need to act as national, which sometimes feels, you know, big and untouchable to local chapter members. So that's been great. We have um, done a lot of updating of the local chapter toolkits and some of the forums and policies that Actus provides on their website. We've done a lot of work um, just with individual local chapters to provide kind of like a one-on-one -on -one sounding board, sometimes offline, just like a personal phone call, what they need help with, what I have, what resources I have to help them. Um, you know, I worked with the Maryland chapter to get their um, full day educational sessions up and running and to, to help provide them some ideas for how we've done it in Massachusetts. So I think the personal connection of it is um, it's really great for networking. Mm -hmm. I think it's really uh, interesting too. It's like uh, when you take a step back, um, one of the things I, I think Actus has done over you know, the so many years that we've we've been together is bringing forward people's experiences and their stories to share with other CDI professionals. And when you get down for to sure. the local chapter level, I think that's what local chapters. Uh, do so well is they you know provide a space whether it's an actual physical learning space or now virtually um, and Brian's going to get into this in a second 
where where people can make a one-on-one -on -one connection with each other talk about their concerns realize that the person next to them has similar concerns and and brainstorm ideas for how to solve mm -hmm. them and then people sort of say hey you know this is a this is a really good experience i've i've enjoyed this now let me help carry the chapter forward and i you know both of you have really done that amazingly over over the over the years here you know sharing your experiences and then sort of picking those experiences up helping to guide the chapter and then taking those chapter experiences that your volunteer experiences and sharing those with other chapter volunteers as well mm -hmm. so brian i know you're going to ask about some of the challenges with the COVID outbreak yeah absolutely and it's really um inspiring hearing from you guys and sort of the benefits you've taken away you know staying motivated in your cdi career right if you're just doing the same thing, repetitive work. This this certainly is a way to reinvigorate your careers and some great stories of personal networking. And um, But we, we do know that with the COVID-19 outbreak, uh, just this has really wreaked havoc with all of our events, national for us and, and our, you know, our upcoming symposium. Curious how you guys are, are handling this challenge. I know, um, Larry, you mentioned, for example, earlier on the show, some stuff with social media has that has that been able to kind of replace some of that um and just general ideas yeah. for keeping the spirit going when folks are home isolated working remote etc sure um i you know i think levels of isolation may vary based on you know the energy that you put in in the day-to-day uh, that being said, connecting and participating with current pop-up virtual CDI pages and communities validates the, the challenges the industry faces together. Uh, following the hashtags, uh, whether it be Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, connects us and fills those gaps that we may have lost in the physical space with the chapter meetings, but the benefit also widens the web beyond geographical territories. So also connecting more often on a virtual platform and on our own timelines appears to foster a fine balance of both professional and candid conversation, all funny memes and emojis included <laughs> that keep <laughs> spirits up <laughs> during an otherwise <laughs> challenging time. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and I would agree with what Lara said. And, and you know, a, a good example is, is what we've done here in Massachusetts. So, you know, um, Massachusetts and New York, AHIMA and ACTUS have, have worked together for five years now to bring an all-day um, symposium for CDI encoding professionals of, of all walks of life to um, provide a, a full day of free education. And, you know, I have to give Melissa some credit because, um, as, as Lara also knows, this is no small feat to, to bring together. And, there was a, a lot of times throughout the last few months that I didn't think it was going to happen this year for our fifth year. And, you know, we're pleased to say that we are able to actually turn it into a virtual event. And so, you know, um, next month we have four different educational sessions, um, one per week, and that we're going to be offering to our members um, in, a, in a virtual world that, that we can still overcome all these barriers that, you know, per, provide us with ongoing education, despite the fact that we can't all be in one room and sitting together for conferences. And, and you know, I think, um, Brian, you and Melissa worked so hard on, on the ACTUS Symposium, which was also super successful. And that was part of why we thought we could handle, you know, going virtual with our, with our own um, 
local chapter mm-hmm. um, online event. So yeah. it's really it's exciting and it's it's new and it will prevent uh, present new challenges. But I think CDI professionals in general have proven that we can overcome whatever challenges get thrown our way and, and reinvent the wheel um, as many times as we need. That's awesome. I've been I've been really impressed with all of the local chapter leaders across the country. You know, we have more than 40 local chapters and uh, topic-based networking groups, and each one of those each one of those groups has committees of at least three different volunteers from three different organizations, and some of them have larger committees and support support groups that help them. And all of this work is is voluntary, and yet they are coming together and they are you know brainstorming new ways to continue to provide education and networking to their local and and focused topic focused communities um, and they're really doing am- amazing work you know, Georgia has had full uh, four-hour zoom calls uh, South Carolina is doing amazing things uh, North Carolina actually opened up its membership uh, for free for a, a little for the year for um, a little bit earlier this year so folks are really doing doing some amazing things um, I want to ask you both, you know, volunteering takes time and time is one of the resources we can't make more of. I'm sure our listeners are wondering how you guys balance your professional careers and your personal lives and families and, and volunteering and volunteer efforts. Do you have any, uh, any advice for folks who might be looking to step forward? If this is Amy. I can, I can tackle that first and then Lara can speak to it because I know that we both have um, busy lives outside of CDI and so I have you know three boys who are all school age and who were all home all spring with me so you know now more than ever I think that um, you have to be a really great multitasker to handle you know everything that is being thrown at us in this in this new virtual world but you know I think that the initial time that it takes to um, connect with your local chapter and to get involved pays off in the end in ways that that you just can't even imagine when you're first getting involved. You're seen as a resource, not only, you know, within your own group, but locally, nationally as well. And, And the connections that you make, again, it's all about the connections. I have people who I would never have met without Actis that I now consider probably lifelong friends, even if I'm no longer in CBI. So, Yes, there is a little bit of a time um, commitment, but I don't think that it's anything that anyone who um, who can't overcome because I, I know my plate is full and I still am able to make time for access. That's, that's right. Amy, three kids, I mean, I applaud you, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but definitely to let Amy's point, um, you know, that payoff essentially because again this is volunteer work we're not paid to do this um, is what drives that intrinsic motivation that may determine how much time we we commit and ability to volunteering um, so so it's definitely you know the payoff that continues to drive that motivation to continue and, and move forward and you know careful if you're friendly with Amy you know she likes to recruit <laughs> friends to volunteer <laughs> that's how I got involved uh, and then friends, we, you know, recruit other friends, and that's just kind of how the ball, you know, gets going. But um, 
you know, with time management, probably uh, being an ER nurse by background, I leverage a triage type mentality in my day to day and weeks and in terms of, you know, categorizing everything from critical, urgent versus non urgent. And, you know, no big secrets at all. That's just, just how I do it personally. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Really great stuff today. And, and it's admirable what you've done for Actus. And, and uh, hopefully you'll serve as an example for others. And, and, some great work done with, within us, and we're certainly grateful for it. I do want to take a bounce back here to our poll question. I'm going to go ahead and, and share those results. Again, we asked folks what types of activities or organizations that they had volunteered for. So our winner here is uh, is personal. You know, folks are volunteering about 69-70% uh, for faith, charity, or community, which is great. 47% have volunteered within their organization or hospital. About 20% have served um, ACTUS, either on a board committee or in a chapter, which is great to see. 15% have not volunteered yet. Maybe we'll give those 15% some ideas today and 9% uh, other. I'm gonna go ahead and, and take a look at what those uh, others were here. A few examples here. Um, a HEMA board delegate, volunteer for the local chapter of HIM, volunteer on board of directors of Humanist Society and local dog rescue, uh, Special Olympics, local charity dining room, brownies, volunteer for HEMA State Component Association, uh, been with AORN as a local chapter officer. Really nice comment from this person, from Molly, what is needed is volunteering, networking, exposure to other CDI through local chapters and nationally is the belief that it's an investment in your career. Um, and it is, and, and you know, I'll just say that we have been fortunate to have such great um, upper leadership support at Lifespan to get involved in, in all these committees. But I, I will just say that if you're thinking about volunteering, just know that it doesn't have to be a huge time commitment. You can start small, you can um, lend, you know, if you have a special skill or, or um, a knowledge base, it doesn't have to be a huge commitment that you can reach out to your local chapter leaders or to Melissa, who will put you in touch with them to, you know, any help that you want to give or get involved with is always appreciated. Yep. And it does sound like it gives back too. It does. All right. Well, at this point, I'm gonna jump over to our uh, in the news segment. Well, unfortunately, I got to bring things back down a little bit from our nice discussion about, about giving back. We have a kind of a serious report to talk about today in the news. Uh, this is some big news from the Office of Inspector General, or OIG. It's a recent um, national audit report on severe malnutrition. And there's the title there. It says, Hospitals Overbuild Medicare 1 Billion, and yes, that does say billion by incorrectly assigning severe malnutrition diagnosis codes to inpatient hospital claims. Um, as we always do, I'm gonna provide a link to this report after the, after the show in the show notes, and it's worth reading, just for those that may not be as familiar with the OIG site and how they issue their uh, audit reports. They give you the report in brief here, um, and the, the complete report, which is about 19 or 20 pages, you can access on this link here, and that goes into a lot more detail than, than even what is below here. Uh, but in short, 
from the report and brief, uh, nutritional marasmus, E41, and unspecified severe protein calorie malnutrition, uh, E43, are two types of severe malnutrition, writes the OIG. Previous OIG audits, we've seen those, we've covered those on this program have uh, of severe malnutrition, have found that hospitals had incorrectly billed Medicare by using severe malnutrition diagnosis codes when they should have used codes for other forms of malnutrition or, or no codes at all. So the OIG did a, a much larger audit. They um, it covered 3.4 billion in Medicare payments for about 224,000 claims. Um, these were discharge year, fiscal year 2016 and 2017. They looked specifically at claims that had a severe malnutrition diagnosis code and for which removing that code would impact the DRG. So that was in that principal payment position. Um, from that group selected for review, random sample 200 claims with payments of 2.9 million, submitted those um, for review to determine whether the services were medically necessarily encoded. So these were claims in which the only MCC build was that severe malnutrition. The OIG s stated that it found significant error. Uh, again, this is this is in, uh, they, they contracted an auditor to provide this service. This is one auditor's opinion, but um, they did, this auditor found that only 27 of the 200 claims were, were correct, 173 were incorrect. Uh, that resulted in about $914,000 in net overpayments, but they're based on that and this larger sample of 224,000 claims, they're recommending CMS take steps to recoup those payments, including reviewing those claims in the reopening period and taking steps to directly uh, bill and recover identified overpayments. Needless to say, this is a big report. I'm sure it will lead to sleepless nights for CDI professionals. Um, we're gonna be covering it a little bit later on this podcast, as well as in other areas. We reported it in our CDI strategies recently. Um, you know, I, I know that many hospitals are all trying to do the right thing and using Aspen criteria and other types of criteria to make sure they have this documented and they feel secure in the, in the, in the billing. And that's why this report, I think, is an eye-opener and has got a lot of people concerned, and for good reason. Um, Recommend checking out this report. There are ex actually examples in here and there are a complete report of, of a couple of, and they're redacted and excised from the medical record, but some examples of, of um, the clinical documentation that didn't support the severe malnutrition uh, codes. So curious, uh, Lara, Amy, if you had a chance to look at this and you know, I, I know this is a problem for all hospitals, but um, is this, been a challenge for, for lifespan for you guys capturing this diagnosis? Uh, any any advice you might have for folks reading this report or, or trying to do the, the right thing to get it documented in the chart? Yeah, um, definitely a greatest eye opener uh, and every CDI program should be paying attention to this report. Um, specifically, Lifespan takes a conservative and structured approach um, by not only utilizing the gold standard aspirin criteria, but also other organizational defined elements. Um, our dietitians are very good at identifying in great detail when our population not only meets criteria, but also when they don't meet criteria. And for us, that solidifies a, a compliant query practice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would just add to that. Yeah, I would just mm -hmm. add that, you know, I think that 
we all as CDI professionals need to be aware of, of these audit risks that are out there. And, you know, I think if your program is using um, criteria to support your query and you're being compliant in your query, that it, it is more just of a um, an FYI and to be aware that, that these issues exist and to make sure that if you do have a diagnosis of, of severe malnutrition in the record and it doesn't meet potentially a clinical validity query is, is necessary. So it's, um, you know, on our agenda, we talked about it at our own staff meeting yesterday, and um, I think it's, it's good knowledge for, for everyone in the field. Absolutely. All right, thanks, and guys. certainly one of those diagnoses, yeah, that um, has been around for a while that has caught a lot of attention, so it's never, never too late to continue to tighten up the, the definition. Yeah. So more to come there. Mm -hmm. This won't be the last we'll hear of this report. I'll be covering it on a future mm -hmm. edition of the podcast, but wanted to share that news there. Uh, and some brighter news uh, on our Actus update. This is a regular feature bringing you the latest to what's going on inside of Actus. Wanted to just briefly mention our inaugural scholarship winners, our recipients. Um, we started up a new scholarship program. We're hoping to grow it uh, year over year, but uh, I want to just call out to uh, Kyle Boyd, who's a CDI specialist at Parkview Medical Center. He won an all-expenses-paid trip to the 2020 Actus Conference, which, as we know, didn't happen, but we're going to roll that over to 2021. Uh, we also uh, want to thank, I want to uh, congratulate Catherine Chambers from Sarasota Memorial Hospital, who won free enrollment in one of our Actus CDI boot camps, as well as Christy Bates, who received free membership and enrollment in our CDI apprenticeship program. She's with Frederick Health Hospital. So congratulations to those three. Just speaking of volunteers and volunteerism, our scholarship committee worked hard to review more than I'm told up to 100 applications before selecting our winners. Thank you to the committee for their outstanding efforts. We are going to be putting out a call next month, uh, excuse me, in September for the scholarship uh, recipients. So uh, subscribe to CDI Strategies and, and, and stay tuned for both the scholarship opening as well as um, serving on the scholarship committee. So just follow follow us uh, in CDI Strategies if you haven't subscribed yet. That's, that's one takeaway for you. All right, that is going to do it for today's edition of the podcast. We're going to be back here again in two weeks on Wednesday, August 12th, where we're going to be covering a Kind of a new diagnosis in the news these days, uh, MISC, multi-inflammatory system um, syndrome in children. This is a presentation and diagnosis. We have a, a very special guest, Dr. Kevin Friedman from Boston Children's Hospital, coming on the program to talk about this from a clinical perspective. We hope you can make it back to that show. As a reminder, uh, you can listen to our show if you can't be here live anytime on our website or via Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify. We try to make those available usually the day after, if not by uh, Friday following the live show. Again, want to thank Lara and Amy for their appearance today. Great job, guys, uh, volunteering and being a part of Actus and, and making it that we believe the special organization that it is through your, through your efforts as volunteers. For our listeners, if you have any suggestions for future guests, ideas about the format of the show, you know how to reach me. It's bmurphy at actus.org. All right, that'll do it. We'll see you back here in two weeks, and take care, everyone.